Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. I'm your host, Brad Tunar, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Pippin Williamson. Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about custom database tables in WordPress. Uh, this episode, as well as uh, previous episodes, are once again sponsored by WP Ninjas, the creators of Ninja Forms, which is a great plugin, great free plugin for WordPress that allows you to create contact forms, surveys, etc. Uh, a little piece of news from them: they recently released a really cool new extension. It's called Table Editor. So, if when submitting your forms, if you want the users who are submitting it to fill in tabular data. Um, rows and columns of a whole bunch of different data that you may need, whether it's t-shirt sizes or user info, anything else that you might need, this extension allows you to do that very easily. So you can check it out at ninjaforms.com. Thank you once again for their sponsorship. That sounds really cool. I am going to check that out. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, it's kind of like, it gives you like a spreadsheet view in the form submission. Yeah, cool. So... Should we talk about some custom database tables? Yeah, but let's actually first uh, give a quick mention about what we've been working on recently. I think we sure kind of skipped over that last time, and there's a few things that might be fun mentioning. Sure. What are you been uh, working on? Yeah, so I've I've been uh, so my renewals are coming up soon. Uh, my customers are going to be renewing their licenses um, for the first this time. This is for WP MicroDB Pro. That's right. Yeah, and uh, so I just need a do some testing around that and kind of get the make sure everything's in order. So I've been working on that. What have you been working on? Cool. Uh, I've been, so uh, outside of easy digital downloads, which uh, for anybody who's listening is probably familiar is my, kind of my main project. Uh, I have my other primary project that I work on is a membership plugin called Restrict Content Pro. And I've been working on getting version 2.0 written up. For the last six or seven months, the plugin's been not really stagnated, but I've only been doing maintenance releases on it, fixing little bugs here and there, occasional minor features. But now I'm actively working on version 2.0, which is I'm trying to put a whole bunch of the new features in that have been requested for months, years by a whole bunch of different users. Cool. And is so that, I've got some of it finished up. Is Chris Coyer uh, using that for his site? Yeah, it's the plugin that runs the the lodge at cssstricks.com. That's cool. Which is cool. fun. Yeah, I've gotten to work with Chris a couple of times on on bugs, feature requests, things like that. His his is a great site as an example of like what the plugin is good for. Nice. One of the things that I've been trying to put into it, which is kind of fun, is the ability to automatically restrict content based on like the category that it's in. So right now it works by anytime you have a post or a page or a custom post type, you can use a combination of short codes and or uh, some options added via Metabox to restrict that individual post or page. I see. But a whole yeah. bunch of people have wanted to be able to do it automatically based upon the category that something is in. So if you put it in, say, the members category, it's automatically restricted. And so that's ah. the feature that I'm working on building right now. Cool. And so that integrates yeah. with EDD? Uh... Uh, it does a little bit of integration with EDD. I mean, it's, it's definitely a separate system. Um, the closest integration that we have is you can, we have a, one called member discounts for EDD that allows you to give discounts to paid subscribers inside of RCP. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. So why don't we uh, go ahead and jump into some discussion on custom tables. You know, take us away with that, Brad. Yeah, sure. So I guess the, I guess the question is, you know, when should you 
store data in you know the the meta tables so post meta or user meta or all these these meta tables where which are just really key value stores right uh mm -hmm. when should you use those and when should you not use those when should you create a, a custom table uh that you know has your own field types uh and and you know completely custom table um, sure so i actually wrote a blog post about uh, this a while ago because i ran into issues just using custom fields uh with the wordpress site i was working on and uh and i decided to try custom tables and it worked out really well so i kind of just shared that uh with people on my blog um so what is what, what was the premise of that yeah, so it was, it was uh, store, like like post meta type stuff inside of a custom table. Sorry, did you want? Were you trying to store like custom fields as in post meta, but store it in a custom table instead? Yeah, so there was so I was uh, working on uh, WP App Store, so I was basically doing e-commerce kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, so I was having a hard time storing like an order like the order information, like the order details as post meta, because I found the queries were getting really complicated. Sure. <laughs> They're getting like, especially when you went to run a report, uh, there was just like, you know, like five joins or something just to get a few. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at a query that you have in that blog post, and that's just obscene. <laughs> yeah, it, it's nuts, right? There's, there's like, uh, how many, six joins there, I think. And then, and then it, you know, if you just create a custom table, like a you know called like order post meta or something mm -hmm. uh with where each column is it's you know is a field uh then you know you reduce that to one join right you're sure. all you have to do is join the posts table with this so, custom table so you had you had a very specific set of meta fields in this case related to an order that you wanted to store and you wanted to relate to an item in the post table correct Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that makes sense. I think that's a really good example of something where a custom field does make sense. I mean, a custom table makes sense. Another example that um, that I've used. So, like Restrict Content Pro, the plugin I was just talking about, uses several custom tables. It uses one for discounts. It uses one for subscription levels, and it uses one for payments. Uh, and the payments is the big one, because like what you discovered, if you want to run a report. And you have a whole bunch of payment data, and that is stored in post meta. Since each individual, I since each piece of the metadata is stored in its own row, you have to do a lot more work to get all of that info, as opposed to with a custom table, all of it is in one row. Exactly. Yeah. And so, if you could very easily just say, "Show me, show me the post meta for this record," you're done because it's one row. Uh, so, like in RCP, our, the payments table that I have just has all of the different fields that you need, the user ID associated, the subscription ID, uh, the amount, the status, the transaction ID, etc. And because all of, that, all of that info is stored in one row, it's very easy to run a report or query. Uh, for example, I can very easily tell you exactly how much was earned over the last month or in the last six days, all time, because you can do a very simple sum function. Right. And I mean, you can still usually use the sum function or, or account or whatever using, uh, you know, post meta, but it's just really slow. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's going to get slower and slower with the more records you create. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, so the meta value column in in the in the meta tables are uh, of type long text, <laughs> which in uh, SQL is not a very performant uh, type of column. Well, it's not something that you can query on very well. No, exactly. And I, I don't, I'm not even sure if you can index a long text column. It might not even be uh, possible. Uh, but yeah, why sure would you either? Like if, if in a... Um, in a table like that, in a key value store, it's really no point in indexing the value column, right? Because the values are all like different and mm-hmm. are different sets of data. So <laughs> it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to index that. Um, yeah, so I, I, I just think that uh, you, you can gain a lot by having a, a custom table. Absolutely. I mean, so in ADD, uh, we actually use PostMeta for all of the payment records. Uh, And it's something that we've managed to overcome some of the challenges pretty well. And so we can still run reports pretty easily that are very performant. Uh, But it was definitely challenging. Uh, And if I was to do it again, I would use a custom table. Right. Do you use any custom tables? Huh? Do you have any custom tables in ADD at the moment? Not in ADD. No. No. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Uh, and well, so what's been interesting? What's been? I mean, it's it's been kind of a fun challenge to overcome. But we realized pretty quickly on that storing everything in PostMeadow, while it's super easy, presents some challenges and performance issues as well. Um, so we had to work pretty hard to figure out how to get around those. And I think we I think we achieved that really well because everything is is very performant, uh, and we can run all of those advanced advanced reports like we want. But if I was to do it again, I would not use PostMeta uh, for for several reasons. One, because it's probably it's easier to write an API that makes your data in your custom tables easily accessible for other users than it is to use the existing API in WordPress like Git PostMeta, Add PostMeta, etc., and make that performant with tons and tons of data. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I would not use PostMeta again, but. We are, we're also in a position where we can't really change it. I mean, we, we could, but it'd be very challenging to change it now. Right. Um, I, oh, think, I, I think I think meta the post meta tables and and I think they were mainly designed originally for things to display, kind of that's related to the post. Like so, I think you're absolutely right. Well, if you look back to uh, I want to say Kubrick did it one of the, the old default themes, mm-hmm. as well as some other themes, they display post-meta automatically. Oh, really? It was very much meant to add custom data that you're going to display on a post. Right. Uh, and that's where, like, if you put an underscore before at the beginning of your post key, your mm-hmm. your meta key, it's deter- it's, it, uh, it sets it as private, so that doesn't automatically get displayed. Right. Right, and and you can't you can't edit it either. From the the it was definitely it was definitely designed for displaying data, not necessarily storing tons and tons of data in. Right, and it's just kind of evolved as because I mean you can use the uh, WP query object now to query Mm -hmm. uh, custom or uh, custom fields or post meta we're calling it, Uh, and yeah, so I, I guess it's just evolved to this kind of 
this beast <laughs> so that I think, people can use for to attach any kind of da data to a post. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think people realize very quickly how, um, some of the advantages of using, say, post meta or user meta instead of some custom tables. A couple things. Number one is you don't pollute your database with additional tables that may get may not be needed when you stop using a plugin. Mm -hmm. uh, assuming, of course, you don't have an uninstall script. Uh, but two, it's just really easy. I mean, any any developer who understands how to execute a function can suddenly store data very easily. And and well, I don't I don't think that's necessarily wrong or bad or anything. I mean, I it, really I think that's awesome. I mm -hmm. think that shows that that WordPress is very easy to uh, it it accommodates people very easily. But it also means that people start trying to do things with it that it's not really designed for. Right. Yeah. What was your first point again? Oh, that like using using post meta or user meta um, in a plugin can be really nice for developers, but also for users uh, because it doesn't pollute in quotes your your database with right. say additional right. custom tables. Um, right. I guess my my I'm going to debate you on this. <laughs> sure. Um, I I think my argument against that would be, but then the data that your pl plugins leave behind right now is just like stored right. in your options table and it's kind harder. Of like hidden there as opposed to being visible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's worse if you can't just if you could just drop yeah. the tables for the old. I think plugin. That they definitely both have their advantages. Yeah, yeah. Or disadvantages. So um, I mean, I've I've used both, and I think there's I think there's great reasons for for both methods as well. Right. I've heard the argument that you know uh, some database users won't have create the create pri privilege to create new custom tables. You know, but I, I don't. I've seen I've seen that as well, but I think it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. If if you if you let's say in a plugin and you don't have the the create privilege. Well, you're probably just doing it wrong. I mean, I've never seen somebody use the WPDB class and run into that problem. Yeah. Well, plus, like, you wouldn't be able to install WordPress itself if you didn't have that privilege. Um, yeah. It's possible. I mean, I'm sure know. it's happened. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm that... sure it's happened, but it's it's got to be, like, a, a, a stupid host issue or crazy security lockdowns. Yeah. Well, I guess it's it's probably a good idea, security-wise, to shut down that privilege if you don't really need it. Um, well, but, right for the for certain users, but inside of your plugin, you should be running as a WordPress user anyway. Oh no, no, sorry. Not, how do you? Sorry, maybe, maybe I misunderstood about, what you were talking about. Yeah, you totally did. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm talking about the database user itself. So my the MySQL user having right create table privilege. On, oh, the correct table privilege, not the, the ability to insert data into table. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's the argument I've heard is that some Got it. some some environment. So after people... after WordPress was installed, that privilege was revoked. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I can I can see that happening. But and yeah. if it does, then your your plugin would fail. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I used to. I I I don't know if I ran into the create privilege problem. Mm. But I have run into problems where my custom table wouldn't get created, um, and and it, it has been very problematic for a couple of people who, for whatever reason, we couldn't make the table get created, and it might have been because of that. Uh, yeah. And it, it does cause some headaches, for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was, I think, that when I was running into those those challenges, figuring out why my 
my custom tables weren't getting created was one of the times when I started like considering using the options table and post meta because like, oh, this is so much easier. Yeah. So much more reliable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think one thing that I would definitely like to at least in my opinion, when it comes to custom tables, post meta and options and user meta are fantastic if you're not storing a lot of data. I would never create a custom table to store 10 rows or five rows or whatever it is. Hmm. Really, for me, I would only start creating custom tables if I have the potential of storing hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of rows. Okay. So for me, though, I think I think the rule is, for me, is if it's data that it needs to be queried a lot, sure. uh, then I'm going to put it in a custom table. I don't even care if it's one freaking column. <laughs> right. No, no. I would. I would totally agree. I don't mean you need to have hundred. I don't mean that you need to have lots and lots of uh, columns. One column is great if you need to query on it. But the point is that if you have, uh, let's say that you will never have more than ten rows in your okay. for this for whatever your data you're storing. There's no reason to put that into a custom table because if you only have ten rows, like you put it into one option and you just loop through the options like inside of that option because you only have ten sets of data. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your data at at that point, your data is so small that there's no reason for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a good example of a custom table that is very performant is the Post to Posts plugin. Yes, uh, they have a custom table that allows you to, you know, create links between two posts, and uh, it create, you know, that custom table just has two IDs in it, you know. Uh, two posts. Yeah, is the idea <laughs> of the post and then the ID of the connection or something? Oh well, yeah, it has a connection ID, I guess. So three IDs, I guess it has in the table. So sure. that the two posts that are related, and then it's got like a a primary key that's an auto increment column. Um, so yeah, that's. I mean, that's a, probably a good example of a, a custom table that is, you know great a great use case right because it definitely it performs very well and uh it would not perform well at all if it was in post meta <laughs> oh no not at all let's talk about a couple things uh related to custom tables that i think are important to consider um so one of the advantages of post meta user meta options etc is that it's really easy to migrate between sites because it's automatically included in like the wordpress export and import Mm -hmm. um, or any other plugin that may do a database dump of any kind. Uh, I mean, if you're using a plugin like WP Migrate DB Pro by some guy named Brad, then you're already <laughs> covered because it supports custom tables. But one of the th nice things about post-meta and options is that you don't have to worry about that. It's just going to migrate anyway. Uh, so that's something to consider, for sure. If you need to make sure that your data is very portable, um, sometimes, I'm not saying it's a reason to avoid custom tables, but it's something to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and and then another is having an API for your table, yeah. um, having simple functions that allow you to insert, update, remove, and query data from your t from your tables is very very important, um, because that's going to especially if you're writing a plugin that might be extended by other people. Mm -hmm. Definitely want to do that. Yeah. So like in RCP in Restricted Content Pro, for example, I wrote a couple of classes that are like my database interaction classes for payments and discount codes that allow you to query, query payments, have all your op options for, for dates, for users, for subscription, et cetera. 
Um, and it just provides that simple API that makes things very useful. Right, right. Um, I feel like um, some developers feel like they they need to kind of do things the WordPress way and kind of fit things into the current framework that WordPress kind of has laid out there. Uh, Custom tables are a sin. Yeah, pretty much. I think I think some people. There's a I, lot of that mentality. There is, and uh, and I'm here to say that it's BS. <laughs> I told. Uh, I so I used to think custom tables were wrong, um, and some of the this kind of happened for me because I first learned about making making custom tables and I was like, this is the coolest, most powerful thing I've ever done. This is so <laughs> awesome. And so like I created a whole bunch of custom tables and some plugins for really stupid reasons, um, and that bit me later. Uh, but so at first I was like, custom tables are awesome. And then I started reading about, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be using custom tables. Oh, look, I can dump all this data in the options table. Okay, custom tables are wrong. I'm never going to touch them again. Yeah. And then suddenly I started getting into a case where I needed to store a whole bunch of data and be able to query it well and have my own database structure. I'm like, oh, custom tables are actually okay. And there's good reasons for them. Yes. Uh, so I, I think it's it's very easy to fall into that trap that custom tables are bad. Yes. I think... I don't know. I that's the kind of sense that I've gotten. I mean, there's probably lots of examples out there where people are using custom tables that they shouldn't be <laughs> as well. So, sure. it's definitely a I think there's a balance to be had there. I think you need to really evaluate why you're using a custom table and have right. good reasons for doing that. Um I think one of the number one reasons to use a custom table and I think this is what you said earlier is that if you need to query the data put it in a table. <laughs> Yeah, pretty if, much. If it's if it does not if the data does not natively fit into the post table with the same kind of structure as the post table, then it should probably go into a custom table. Um, here's an example. I have I used to use a custom table. Uh, sorry, no, I used to store something in in the WP post table as a custom post type, and literally the only thing I was using was the post title. Mm-hmm. So the post table has, what, like 10, 12 columns in it? <laughs> yes. And I was using the post title. That's the only thing I was using. Yeah. And so, well, I guess technically I had post ID and then any any columns that have defaults that are filled in, like post date. Mm -hmm. um, but my data was the post title only. And that was just silly. Yeah. So you had a custom, you had a custom post type uh, set up for that, I'm guessing, and you were just using the post title. Yeah, only using the post title. And to me, that's really silly uh, yeah. because suddenly you have all of that extra database space that's just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, and and you're making your posts table slower by adding, you know, how... I mean, especially if you're going to add a lot of those records to the post yeah. table, uh, you could be making it uh, query slower uh, from then on. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into why that... <laughs> <laughs> there's there, there's reasons for that. It has to do with indexing and stuff, but yeah, we, yeah, sure. we won't get into that. Um, Why don't we, uh, same same kind of subject, let's jump into talk about session data uh, yeah. and, and other temporary data and the ways that we can store that. Sure, yeah. Um, it's interesting because right now the WP options table is just getting kind of all that stuff just gets put into the WP options table. And mm -hmm. I feel like uh, that's 
probably not a good thing if we're talking about keeping the WP options table lean and and performant. Um, I, I feel like temporary data would be better off kind of in its own table, separate from the WP options table. Um, right. So. Um... Why don't, we, why don't we backtrack just for a second? Uh, so what we're talking about here is the idea of taking session data. So let, let's let's talk about e-commerce because this is, sure. I think, the easiest example that makes sense. Yeah. So like, when we're talking about e-commerce, we have like cart meta. So let's, a let's customer comes about, to the site. Let's talk about EDD specifically. <laughs> sure, sure. We can talk about it because this is, this is exactly what EDD does. Yeah. Um, so somebody comes to, the, comes to the site and adds something to their cart. They now have a session created for their user for that uh, that instance on the site where that data is stored so that we can persist that data across page loads. Right. So when so you, you go from page A to page B, your cart data is still there. So you've got so a cookie. So we use a system called, what was that? So you've got a cookie set? Is that how it works? Or? We, have, we have two different things that are set. Number one, there's a cookie set uh, that contains an ID, uh, which is basically their, their session ID. And then two, we have an, a value added to the options table that contains all of their session data. Mm -hmm. And so that session data may be product IDs, uh, price options, error messages, uh, ran arbitrary fees added to the cart, any, anything that you might store in, like if you think of what, what you might use a PHP session for, very similar kind of data. Right. Uh, basically arrays of data. Uh, right. So that's all stored into a, an option in the options table, so one row. Very, kind of like a transient, but not quite. It's a little bit different. Uh, and so that's all done through something that Eric Mann wrote called WP session, uh, which is the idea of taking like PHP sessions and bringing them into WordPress and supporting them across all platforms. Because mm -hmm. as anybody who's tried to use PHP sessions know, they're not supported on all hosts mm -hmm. for some good reasons. But anyway, so we take this, this temporary cart data or the session data and we store it in options and then it gets purged over time. So it actually, there's a, there's a cron function that runs to go purge these data, this data. And it works really well. But it also has some disadvantages. Uh, <clears throat> if your site has a lot of traffic, it's possible that your options table may have thousands of rows. Now, this session data, it's, it's all set to auto load of no. So it doesn't, it doesn't slow down overall performance of the site itself for like page loads, but it can slow down the queries to the options table. Actually, it's probably worse for inserting. Um, so every time you insert a record, it has to recalculate the index of the table. Uh, so the primary key index, and uh, actually probably the meta key index as well. Um, so That's every true. time, every time you do an insert is when you're really when that's like when your your kind of performance takes a hit, and right. uh, so having all this temporary data in there, like going in and out and in and out, <laughs> right all now the time. that being said, it's not necessarily going to change a lot if whether you're doing that in a custom table or in the options table, uh, in in terms of what has to be re-indexed, because it's it's basically it's a database write. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, I guess the difference is that uh, it, it kind of keeps the temporary stuff separate. Keeps from, it in one place. Yeah, keeps yeah. it separated. Keeps it separate. And then anytime the WP options table is, in, you know, anything's inserted into that, it, it would be faster. That's that's the sure. only difference, really. Yeah. 
And th this is the same system that's uh, we use it in EDD. Uh, WooCommerce uses a very similar system. They uh, theirs is slightly different. Uh, the one that I use in EDD is most it's pretty much WP session out of the box, exactly as Eric wrote it. Okay. Uh, and then WooCommerce uses a slightly modified version of it. Huh. I think they technically wrote their own, but it I mean it does the exact same thing. Right. I had a it little just looks a little different. I had a little discussion with Eric actually. Um about WP session and mm -hmm. I was kind of asking what he thought about having a custom table for this the session data and stuff and he he actually agreed he thinks like if it ever I'd like gets, to see it as a, I'd like to see the session data as its own table yeah if it ever gets rolled in the core he said that he would like to see it having its own like a new core it's something table. that I've I've considered it for EDD creating our creating our own session table uh, I know WP e-commerce does uses their own okay I, I think they do I yeah. could be wrong. I it's been a little while since I've looked at theirs, but they have also a very similar system where they they use a cookie to identify the session and then they store the actual session data inside of the database. Oh yeah. Hmm. Do you, did um, you know that WooCommerce has custom tables? Yes. Yeah. They use yeah. custom tables for orders uh, and I think customers as well. Yeah. Um, it's funny they have that's... they have a custom table for um, for order items, but then like and a second table that is that's a key value store for like I've order seen item uh, meta. I don't I'm not familiar enough with their database structure to know the reasons for that uh, I would assume it's a, basically you have an order ID and then here's a product ID that were purchased in that allows you to uh, compare them easily would be my guess yeah I I, I can't really guess <laughs> yeah, I know I, that they, they would need a meta them. I think they need the the key value store to uh, because it's flexible, right? So that people sure. can extend it easily. I mean, that's <clears throat> one. It's one of the greatest reasons that WordPress core has that, and it's because it's sure. so easily extended and used, right? So, so one of the one of the issues that we did run into with session data stored in the WP options table uh, is that you have to be very careful with it because it turns out if you're familiar with how the options API works, options API has something called auto load. And so any option that is stored in the database with a value of auto load, so there's an auto load column, and then that value is either yes or no, anything that auto load is set to yes is automatically loaded into memory uh, or via cache when WordPress is loaded, which means on every single page load. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be very careful when you store data in the options table. If you're storing potentially thousands of rows, just make sure that you don't accidentally set auto load to yes. <laughs> uh, because it will cause drastic consequences. Uh, we had a we had a bug that was it was it was both EDD slash WP session combined, where uh, options the the session data was originally created with auto load of no, which is the way that it should be. But then when the option got updated uh, using the update option function, the auto load got changed to yes. Oops. So we would end up with thousands of rows auto-loaded and would cause horrific performance problems. Uh, right. And it's actually what we discovered. Uh, there was nowhere where we had accidentally just like left off the auto-load option, but it turns out the update option function does not allow you to specify auto-load or yes or no. And there was some weird thing going on where when the option was originally created using add option, it would it'd be auto-load no. But then when we update it, it would become auto load yes. 
which was a little bit catastrophic for a little bit. Yeah, I imagine, yeah. So, so it's something that if you're using the options table to store transient data or to store temporary data, you need to be careful with it and make sure that you explicitly never set autoload to yes. Right. So the other, I guess the other thing that's uh, that actually WordPress core actually stores in the WP options table is transients. Um, and that's, yeah. that's pretty much by definition, temporary data as well. Right. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's expiring. I mean, it's expiring. it's very similar. Uh, I believe WP Sessions, w, sorry, not WP Sessions, WP Session uh, originally used transients, hmm. I think. And then it changed to regular options. Okay. Hmm. I mean, it, when you look at it, a transient is nothing more than a row in the options table. It has a unique key set so that it expires. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. all it is. Yeah, but the data doesn't actually clean itself out of the database until you call it. So yeah. when you say get transient, it will go and look and see if the data, if that transient is expired, and if it is, it gets deleted at that time, not some other time before you ever loaded it. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and that's one of the things that WP Session added as well is uh, it actually has a cron job that will go through and look for expired sessions to delete them. So it, it auto-cleans itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. What do, you, what do you think about, like, plugins leaving data behind? Like, what's your position on that? So first of all, I think uh, your plugin, regardless of whether it's storing data in custom tables, in options, in post-meta, et cetera, should always have a cleanup routine. So when you uninstall a plugin, there should always be a way to remove all data associated with the plugin. Should um, it? Should it? When? So, so when you remove a plugin, I don't think there's a hook for that. There's a hook for deactivating, but is it when? Uh, think, there's a hook. It's not during deactivation. It's during when you click delete from the plugins menu. Yeah, but what if you delete it from the file system? And, well, at that point, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It's not like your code's there anymore, so you can't run from ghost code. Right, right. So, but that's what I'm saying. Um, like, do you do it on deactivation then, or I don't do, do it on you... deactivation. I do it on 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 the actual uninstall hook. So, using the uninstall.php file. Okay. Are you familiar with that one? What's that? Are you un Are you familiar with the uninstall.php file? No. So, uninstall.php. Um, if you go and look at um, if you look at the deact, there's a there's an activation hook and a deactivation hook in WordPress, um, and the deactivation one. I, now I'm forgetting how it works. Um, if your plugin contains uninstall.php, the file actually called uninstall.php in the main plugin folder, that file will be executed when the plugin is deleted. By okay. default, that's just how word. That's just how the plugins API works. So if let's say that I have a plugin that has a custom table and I want to delete that table when my plugin is uninstalled, I will create an uninstall.php file and then I will I will run the database queries inside of that file to delete my tables. Mm. Okay. Uh, so, and so that that allows you to do a cleanup process. So like in EDD, for example, we go through and we delete our taxonomy terms, we delete our pro we delete the products, we delete any payment records, we delete all of that stuff. Now. So 
something to be very careful of. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going where I was just going to ask. What yeah. What if so someone doesn't love doesn't want make sure to it's reboot opt everything? In. <laughs> yeah. Um, we used to automatically delete all the data when you deleted the plugin. Now, WordPress actually gives you a really nice prompt. It auto-detects if you have uninstall.php, and it will give you a prompt that says, do you really want to delete this plugin? By the way, this plugin will delete itself and all of its data if you click delete. Oh, well, people cool. don't actually read, so a lot of times we would run into issues where somebody was trying to delete the plugin and install a different version. So they'd go to plugins, go to find the plugin, deactivate it, and then delete it, and then process, click the delete button, which would delete all of their data. And so then they would install the new version, and all their data is gone. Yikes. And so if you're running uninstall.php and it's on something that's actually storing important data, make sure that you have an opt-in system. So what you can do is you can just like add an option to your settings page that says, do you want to delete data when you uninstall this plugin? And then in uninstall.php, you check to make sure that that option is set. I feel like I feel like it might be better to kind of hook into the deactivate and then present them with like a little prompt that says, would you like to delete all your data? Just kind of reminding them that there's a bunch of data Well, there. But, but one of the problems with deactivate is people will deactivate plugins all the time for testing of conflicts or yep. uh, when you install an update for a plugin, mm -hmm. it gets deactivated. Right. But but I, but I mean, don't actually just... remember if that fires a deactivation hook. Right. But I, I just mean like you could just show it and allow sure. them to to kill it, to kill the message and just ignore it. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I like I like the way that WordPress does it with uninstall.php. Just it doesn't require that you add any custom prompts or anything like that. Right. 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 Yeah. I'll have to I mean, check they, it out. They, they both work. It's something yeah. to play with if you've never done it before. Yeah. There's not a lot of data in my plugin uh, in MigrateDB Pro, so. <laughs> I don't feel it's yeah, a big a, deal. A lot of times I think you can just kind of not worry about it. I mean, if your plugin stores, say, one option in the database, yeah. Um, while it might be the responsible developer to go ahead and remove that on uninstall, like it's not, not a big deal if you don't. Mm -hmm. um, should you? Maybe. Uh, now, if your plugin is storing a ton of data, then if you uninstall, then yes, you should remove that data, as long as you tell people that you're going to. And right. give them the chance to opt out of it. Yeah, I, I was thinking of like um, a little plugin idea uh, tool that would kind of monitor your queries and determine over time, like uh, options, you know, options in your WP options table that have never been accessed in like the last six months or something, and then you can That'd take a look. Then you could take a look at them and say, "Oh, yeah, that's garbage. That's garbage. That's garbage. and just kind of remove the the garbage." Mm -hmm. um, have you ever heard of anything like that? Is there is there something out there like that? No, uh, I, honestly, I don't really know how that would work because because that would mean that you would need to store something anytime data is accessed, right? Well, anytime data is accessed in the WP Options table specifically, you could just set a counter in like a different table somewhere. Sure. Just just and increment it. Uh, you know. I don't know. I almost wonder. So, except um, with the exception of some sites, like sites that have uh, cart data or or session data stored in options, most people's options tables are not going to be that large. I mean, we're talking 
probably 200 rows it would be considered large for a lot of sites right maybe but if you disagree throw with people, throw, um, throw in all the temporary data and then then we'll see <laughs> well right I, but i'm just thinking like in for for most general sites like scanning your options table for unused options is not difficult right yeah because yeah. it's not usually that large right i think you're you're probably um, right it's it's probably not but i i mean if, think, if you do have a test, if you do have a site that has thousands of rows and options, then sure. I think what happens though is most plugins don't clean up after themselves. So if you've had a site right. for since you know 2004, like myself, then uh, you know 10 years of installing plugins and uninstalling plugins that leave a bunch of garbage behind, your your WP Options table could look pretty bad. I'm pretty sure mine does. <laughs> Uh, so I was just kind of thinking of a way to kind of clean the cruft, and uh... it, it's definitely a good idea if you if you are experiencing that like where you have a lot of options in there, especially if they're set to auto load. Yes, because it will cause some pretty bad performance issues. So right. I mean, if your if your admin is super slow or something like that, certainly. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been thinking of like just just migrating my posts table and. <laughs> And just then reconfiguring all the settings in my site, but that's a little scary because I could <laughs> I could miss something, right? And then break it and everything's broken and I don't know how to fix it. But anyways. Yeah. I don't know, I might write that plugin. It's not gonna be it's not a big one or anything. So It would if, be a cool plugin for sure. If if anybody I mean, it'd be very useful for those plugins that that needed it. I mean for those yeah. sites that needed it. Yeah, yeah. But uh maybe someone has a solution. They can let us know in the comments. Yeah, that would be great. Um, anything else about custom tables that we want to throw out there? No, I think I think we covered it. Like, yeah, I think I think a good summary is don't just because a lot of people say don't ever use custom tables, don't listen to them. Um, but don't don't necessarily go crazy in just writing custom tables all the time. Think yeah. about the way that your plugin or your theme or whatever it is that's storing custom data. Hopefully, you're not creating custom tables and themes. Um, but think about the way that your data is going to be stored and the way that it's going to be accessed. Um, think about the the query performance, what you need to query, how you might need to change that data over time. Um, because if a custom table is easy, it makes more sense in terms of uh, performance. Data accessibility, etc. Go for it. Like, there's that's the perfect reason why you should should create a custom table. And it's, and especially if you're building a site for a client, uh, or you're building an app based on WordPress. Sure. Really, why not? Right? Why not squeeze some more power out of you know using a custom table? So. Yeah, it, it, you probably want to. Think about it a little bit more carefully when it comes to building a plugin or a theme that's being released to the public, whether free yeah. or commercial, just because there's, since since you don't control every aspect of the site, there's more things to consider. I mean, whether yeah. it's conflicts with other plugins, user permissions, whatever it may be, there's more place, there's more points of failure or yeah. issue. There's more points where you could run into issues. Yeah. But that being <laughs> said, if you have a really good reason to use a custom table, there's lots, there's other plugins doing it. And uh, you know, take a look at WooCommerce. Take a look at post to posts, mm -hmm. and uh, see what they're doing. And something I think something else to consider, uh, and this might be a good conversation for another episode, is what do you do when you realize that you need to change architecture? Uh, 
and you need to try and migrate all of that data uh, <laughs> because that can be a real challenge. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. I, I recently did it. Uh, I had an update. I completely changed the architecture for my uh, my software licensing extension for easy digital downloads, and I had to write an upgrade routine that could theoretically change ten to hundred thousand rows in the database um, successfully without failing, and <laughs> that was kind of a daunting task. Uh, luckily, it worked, and I succeeded, and so far have not reported a single failure, which was pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, but something to consider because if you're using custom tables or you're not using custom tables and you need to swap it swap it to use the other or just to make any kind of architecture change like when when you're really when you're talking about when you're storing a lot of data the way that you store it is really important because it's going to be there forever yep and so if you ever have to change it it can really bite you in the ass yeah yep yeah so anyway uh Maybe that's a conversation for next next episode or two. Yeah. Anything maybe. else you want to throw out there, Brad? No, I think uh, we should wrap it up. All right. Go for it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, until next time. Have a good one.